Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. Hi! <laughs> Chris is like down there somewhere in the, in the universe. We're, um, he's holding up his <laughs> internet cord and then he's going to let it out he and he's going to come in. There uh, he is. And here he comes. Chris Walker. Right bow, Yo. Bow, bow. What up, what up, what up? In, already getting into Twitter banter. Trying to do it. <laughs> How's everyone Cheers, doing? everyone. Shoot, man. My drink's in the fridge. Uh-oh. It's okay, though. Oh. Don't worry. All right. All right. I'm okay. We can we can high ISO cam. and dry. We I'm can, high uh, and dry today. We can ISO cam Marissa at some point, and then you can like skedaddle out to get your beverage, and then skedaddle back in, and no one will know because mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. People will know because we're talking about it right now. Exit uh, stage left, even right, right. Yeah, Brew's been particularly <laughs> barky today too, so we might have a fourth host in a second when he decides to <laughs> chime in on the happenings of this last week uh, because it's been a fun one but uh chris how's life going for you man oh man life is going good (laughs) i uh had a pretty long drive back from from phoenix yesterday yeah um yeah like it's like the uh the gift that keeps on giving for sure you know Right. Um, trip was out there was fine. You know, obviously it was very humid. Um, so every time I hopped out the car, it was like literally putting on a San Antonio sweater and, uh, you know, and, and so that didn't make for anything good, but I did have in and out three times while I was out there. Nice. So I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm caught up. <laughs> until i get out to san diego i was gonna say in and out three times on your way back that's pretty impressive <laughs> no in and out three times because i went out on <laughs> okay you want to fuck around okay so like <laughs> no, no no so uh so i, I went out there on friday and um, essentially, it was like, you know, so the game was good, whatever. New Mexico didn't win. We, we get that. Um, and then, you know, of course, being on the highway and then 45 minutes out from home, there's like a like a three or five car pileup um, on a single lane highway. Oof. So it's just basically like, mm-hmm. okay, I don't know if I'm going to get home tonight. So, yeah. you know. You know, it was just one of those, you know, but uh, I did learn the hard way that you could take a bunch of New Mexico beer out to Phoenix and come back with all your beer because the Phoenix fans don't want to meet up and exchange beer, even though they said they did. Uh oh. <laughs> failed beer so, exchange, but you still end up with beer at the end. So, I mean, it's I know. All, all lost. And it's, and it's beer that I like. So, hey, you know what? Y'all missed out. <laughs> right. Another, it was another uh, edition of the classic Phoenix Rising versus New Mexico United. We were paying attention to the score. Uh, I was at Bluefoot. Um, we were paying attention to the score and taking notes. Um, and we were, it was, you know, back and forth. And we were like, uh oh. And then, oh, dang, they scored. And then, uh oh, they tied it up. Um, but this is another classic. <laughs> Like if you're a, a USL fan and you want to watch like two teams just go at each other, no holds barred, no low block, no uh, uh, what's the word I'm going to use? Um, let's say they're pretty aggressive with each other. Uh, this is definitely a matchup that you want to check out. Um, every time that these two teams meet up, it's crazy. Not tons of fouls though, but um, hey, but let me- always a crazy game. But let me let me just throw a little bants up in here, right? Because I can. Um, so being at this match, like, have you ever been to like a taping of like WWE? No. Yeah. You have, right, Marissa? 
maybe not WWE, but yeah, something or, or like wrestling, that. A taping of wrestling. Okay, so like, you know, when wrestling happens, it's like it happens usually on some lame night, like a Wednesday, or sorry, like a Thursday, right? And it's like mm-hmm. they're they're taping for the show. They tell you, "Hey, everyone, applause" or something like that. They like basically find a way to get the audience like okay. really loud and such and so that way when the cameras come back on them it's like oh man it was like so mm-hmm. so amazing at like wild horse pass right mm-hmm. let me just tell you that for 64 minutes at that place it was literally like a library like there, there was like nothing happening there except for like new mexico being on the board like folks were in there like reading books and they're on their audible like accounts and such. It was just, I was like, come on, really? Like it, they only got loud when they, when they finally scored a goal, but it was like, it was like, man, I was like, is this a taping for like wrestling? Cause the pro cameras were on for sure. I'm sure it made it look a lot wilder on syndicated or on broadcast TV, but dude, you know, it was just, I was like, come on. Like, I didn't come out here to get catfished. I thought this was like the best team in the USL with the best fans. And it was just like, folks were like, oh, I can't make the game today. I got a previous engagement. engagement. I'm like, get out of here, dude. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean. That's what I got catfished. I thought it was going to be amazing. But it was like a banquet in the middle of Arizona. Banquet beer. Mm-hmm. Oh lordy, right. uh, the banter Sorry. of Chris's banter, Chris's banter corner, Chris's crap talking corner. And there's some alliteration. Uh, That's right. It is coming to an end. Uh, <laughs> you can hit him up on Twitter at by Chris Walker if you want to respond. Uh, I'm sure there are some people in Phoenix who will. Um, if oof. they watch, if they watch, yeah, if they watch. Maybe we'll clip I'm, it. I'm ganging up on this person again. I don't know if you know this person, Chris, but this person trying to talk mess Ooh. about you. Slick, Slick Rick? Yeah. You can Ooh, you can look Rick. at the response later. Yeah. So, uh, oh, okay. Some... Yeah, go ahead and get, get him. <laughs> some news and notes around the league uh, and around uh, San Diego is uh, they just announced they're doing a Limited run of the green gargoyle keeper kits. People have been asking Ooh. this for a while. Uh, Chris, you'd be interested. They do have three XL apparently, uh, but it's not down. a it's not a pre order. It is a buy them and get them while you can. I know they're doing a meet and greet with um, Austin Guerrero, um, Trey Muse, and one of his arms at least will be there. The other will be probably hidden. Um, if you've seen some of those pictures floating around that he is wearing a cast. Uh, so if you want to meet and greet some of the keepers, uh, stop by the shop 5 to 7 p.m. on Thursday. Uh, if not, uh, buy your kits online. Uh, get them while you can because there's only 150, and when they're gone, they're gone until maybe they bring them back after, you know, in a couple years. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> right now, they're gone when they're gone. I know they've been kind of a hot item. Uh, there's a couple people floating around with some. Uh, so get them while you can uh the green keeper kits um yeah yeah alan and i were alan and i were talking about this before we went live and it's one of those things is like i don't need this i don't really love it but it's exclusive (laughs) and limited edition so i think i will make my decision on day of and if i can (laughs) get one if i don't get one okay like then i was meant to not get one so right I have to buy it online since I'm not local Correct. anymore. But I wonder if it's going to be like as difficult as it was when we tried to buy 311 tickets for uh, Halloween at the Stanley when there's only like 500 tickets. We did not end up getting tickets because they were all sold out before we even got a chance to hop on. Um, Brew agrees. All right. Um, some other positive news. Uh, Ollie, 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 Laraz, uh, our our little ginger on loan from Colorado uh, quickly becoming uh, a fan favorite, kind of an icon on the team, really recognizable because it's fire red hair. Uh, I think they call him Ed Sheeran in one of the social media posts. Uh, team of the week. Uh, are we surprised Ali is getting this kind of recognition? He's only 19. 
surprise? No. Uh, we kind of saw this coming, I guess, uh, with uh, how he was playing. I mean, I saw I saw it coming. <laughs> I don't know if team of the week, um, but he's been pretty um, in the highlight reels and definitely an integral integral. I don't even know. I'm not even going to say that word now because I can't an say important, it right now. An, an important member of the team? Important member, important cog in the wheel of what is Sandy Oloil. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy for him. And um, they said that he looks like Ed Sheeran. I don't know if that's <laughs> right. I mean, that's a better but, compliment than, like, he looks like Ron Weasley, right? Like, there yeah. are very few, like, gingers that you can really, like, hype up and feel great about. But... I would take mm-hmm. that one. I would take Ed Sheeran. He yeah, was in, he was so. in Game of Thrones, so like I mean, come on. Oh, I didn't watch that. Sorry, Alan. That's okay. <laughs> no one. Not, not my bad. Not everyone can be per- practically perfect in every way, like me. That's why I tell my kids I'm Mary Poppins. I'm practically perfect in every way. Uh, Chris, any surprise there from uh, our uh, friend Laraz coming in and hitting the ground running? No, nah, man. I mean. That was real cool. That goal itself was like, I mean, he got that. He just basically just snatched it up because, I mean, when you're watching it and watching it in regular time, it's like, it's like, all right, dude, you're literally probably going to come in. You might come in like spikes up and this is probably not going to be the way it ended up. But like he was able to literally just come in there. I'm sure the, the thought of collision with the sacramento player was probably like oh shit like you know what i mean so essentially he gets in there gets it and and then as they're talking about it it's actually smart like i mean so if he kicks that in and it hits off the dude's like arm like it could have been a call penalty but the fact that it just kind of like you know goes off of him goes in like that's killer and then it's like three minutes in man so it's like you know Mm -hmm. that sort of luck is is something that you know is really hard to come by in the usl like it could have gone any other way right i'd imagine it could have been like a deflection they would have called it and then he would have had a 50 50 shot at like you know at you know the next opportunity what they would have been yeah, awarded I mean, so i mean we've talked about this with like against the orange county matches you know sometimes the ball bounces your way sometimes it doesn't this one just like it was his joke was like it was on target man it was on target man it's not an old goal but the way it bounced was crazy. Yeah, just the way the way he's come on, uh, I think uh, it, he, he's really kind of solidified that spot. Uh, he's gained a lot of confidence. And for a 19-year-old to play the way that he's doing uh, on one side uh, and Ian on another, the other at times, uh, it's it's pretty fun to know that there's that depth there uh, to, you know, spell, uh, spell Elijah Martin at t- from time to time. So we don't run him into the ground as well because we're going to need him for the stretch run. And so the, the three of them have been really outstanding um, yeah, on the wings, uh, kind of filling in uh, with, for essentially one of the you know better players on the team and Jack Metcalf. Uh, so congratulations to him. Uh, really well played past couple matches for sure uh, and well-deserved recognition for team of the week for uh, – you know, quite a game against uh, Sacramento. Uh, before we really dig into Sacramento, uh, the question I'd like to ask uh, is, should this game have even play- been played at all? Um, we were kind of half an hour before the game, we weren't even sure it was going to happen. So, Chris, do you think um, do you think this game should have happened? Or are we all right with players kind of saying, hey, we're all good, even though the weather and smoke weren't super great? I mean, obviously, like, player player concern and safety are, like, things that should always be, like, tops. You know what I mean? And it is it is fire season right now. So, I mean, like, you know, a little bit of that is that there is going to be, like, that sort of, like, um, red sky kind of, like, condition. Like, really, like, it thins out the air. I would say, like, you want to avoid it but it's fire season and like trying to find the moment when it's not going to be on fire or when things aren't going to be like that is like really hard to come by during this time of the year um and i'm sure the folks who and maybe some of the folks who were in that discussion i mean because it's not the first season that it's fire season it's been fire season forever like every year so 
I'm sure that they were kind of weighing that in. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, obviously I wasn't there, but I mean, I'd be interested to kind of know, like, if it was something that had descended upon the file or about, uh, sorry, descended upon the field, as opposed to like, you know, just the fact that, you know, hey, you know, you're not going to be able to smell like that burger smell from like the lot because the fire is going, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure someone made an uh, educated decision. Yeah, Marissa, your thoughts on whether the game should have even happened? Um, I saw a few tweets back and forth. Uh, I was not able to watch the match, but um, I trust that they are monitoring the proper things that they're instructed to do. So um, I heard a little bit of what Landon said in the post-game show about, um, you know, that they're just, you know, monitoring the situation. They felt comfortable to play. So I don't know how much it was like a thing or if it was just they were being just extra cautious based on the situation surrounding the Sacramento area and stuff like that. Um, but it seemed to me that, I mean, like Chris said, like they it's fire season every season. So we should be able to, you know, foresee some things like that. And they probably didn't want to have to reschedule this match again you know, some, some other time, you know, kind of what they had to do last year with COVID and stuff like that. So, uh, and we won. So I guess it's a good thing. Yeah, I was, uh, Alan, trying did to, you, yeah. did you think the match should have been played? <laughs> uh, I was really concerned. I know that the, the air quality index was pretty high. Um, but again, I'm not sure exactly where that stadium is and where those measurements that they were being that people were producing were coming from. Uh, so ultimately, it's got to be a decision made there. Um, I am very concerned about player safety, uh, so I was all on board with them postponing this match to make sure that the players were protected and they weren't putting themselves in any type of uh, physical risk. Um, but you know, we, we've seen this before where games that probably shouldn't have been played or played. I know the Sacramento uh, baseball team did not play the, the game that night. Um, and, you know, from watching lots of baseball, uh, I think there's a, a significant less um, risk for long-term uh, physical output, right? Uh, the soccer players are running for essentially 45 minutes straight. Um, both of them are dangerous to breathe in. And maybe the baseball stadium was located in a different spot sacramento maybe it was in a little bit of a valley where the smoke was hanging heavier uh they called it pretty early in the day and i what we heard was that it kind of cleared up as the day went along so it got better and better so again uh it it needs to be determined by people there um but i was on the i was on board with them postponing the match um it looked like sacramento also didn't feel like the game should have been played because they didn't seem like they showed up uh at the beginning of the match um they looked not good at all to start out. They came out, I felt like they came out a little bit slow. Uh, and we actually joked um, kind of right after the, uh, right after the two Augie William goals in the 23rd and 29th, it's like maybe Sacramento's like, hey, we're just kidding. The air quality is terrible. Let's, uh, let's call the game. Because um, they, <laughs> they did not look good early and San Diego definitely uh, did. Um, so I guess this kind of a tale of two halves with this match. Um, all mm -hmm. of the exciting stuff happened in the first match, uh, and there was some action in the second match, but uh, maybe not the most exciting soccer, and maybe that was because of the air quality. Um, but uh, Chris, thoughts on uh, the first half? Um, well, I mean, look, like three goals in the first half, like that's good. I mean, and three goals in the first, like, 30 minutes. So that's, mm -hmm. like, exceptionally well, um, especially for, for San Diego, and we know just kind of how it's been. Um, the the comment I thought I had or what I was thinking was, man, Herzog had good vision um, through that match. He was sending three balls through. Two, ball, two of the goals deal with three balls from him, um, more or less. And... You know, I mean, Williams comes in and is like basically the saving grace. I mean, you know, two back-to-back -back goals from him. 
Um, you know, obviously the first one, like I said, the the first three ball and the second um, from that corner, um, and uh, and and that looked good. So they did well um, in that regard. Um, I probably just wouldn't have tried it. I would just wouldn't have conceded that goal on the PK per se. Wasn't a PK though. Uh, oh well you mean what was called well yeah no i mean like from where where it looked like it was called as far as when they hit him but uh regardless like you know they didn't try to contest it so they should have yeah i mean i think at that point maybe if the game is one nil one one um I think maybe that penalty doesn't get called. But I think with being 3-0, three, three I think maybe there's a little bit more leeway with the referee to make a, a call that I thought was maybe a little bit soft. Uh, there's definitely some contact there. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like the guy was embellishing at all. Uh, but the the paying referees uh, at Bluefoot uh, did obviously did not agree that that was a pen. Um, I, I thought it would was rather relatively soft but maybe that's just because i've been watching too much of the premier league where you can essentially uh mm-hmm. horse tackle somebody and it's you know it's fine it's like just a free kick um yeah, yeah. I, I thought it might have been a soft there's definitely some contact um i don't think um i don't think abara is the type of player that's really gonna to to be you know overly complaining about a bad call um mm-hmm. And I, and I don't like that anyway. Like when everyone gangs up on the referee, it's like, that's not going to change their mind. Like you're going to, no. you're going to put it, you're going to put him in a position to like double down and be like, no, that was for sure. A penalty. that's what I saw. I saw you trip him. saw you shove him off with your hip. Like, you know, I, I think, I also think if it's a closer game, San Diego puts up more of a fuss about it too. Um, I think just being three nil, I mean, I thought Austin Guerrero deserved a clean sheet. Um, I thought that was like the only reason I was pretty bummed. Um, I know he came out after the, you know, the Orange County loss and was like, hey, fans, you guys deserve better. Um, you deserve better than this. You deserve a win. You know, I, I think he was very vocal about being upset and he sh- he showed up like this is what we want from our players. Like you have a bad game and you come out and you show up. Um, I agree. Herzog had a heck of a, uh, a game. Uh, I like this Herzog v- better than like the straight up nine. Um, I like that he's able to kind of play off and be creative. Uh, and take shots when he needs to, uh, but allow him to drop back a little bit further. Like there was a time where he oh, he was actually like playing right back at one point. I think I made that joke like, oh, look, Corey Herzog, the team's new right back, like tracking back, <laughs> making a tackle at, at, right outside the 18. Um, I like this version of Corey Herzog better. I have a feeling that maybe he I, he probably likes to play wherever. You know, he's got to be that guy like, I'll just play wherever is best for the team. But with a guy like Augie Williams, like you don't need Corey Herzog to be the guy anymore. Like we saw Augustine Williams just dominate this game um, up top, almost get the second hat trick in loyal season or loyal history. Um, yeah, Miguel Barra, I think maybe a little bit unlucky to get that pen, but that was probably one of the more entertaining and successful first halves we've seen for a while. Like this reminded me of the preseason game against Reno when we're like, we're not sure what's going to happen. And then San Diego just goes off. Uh, mm-hmm. It was great. And, and to start out a game this way, instead of closing it out, like against Vegas, like it just, it made the second half a little bit less stressful. Um, Marissa, what did you think about this, the, the second half? Snooze fest. <laughs> Literally. I mean, I knew the final score. So I wa- I did watch the replay. Um, I knew the final score, so I, I knew that there wasn't going to be anything. But there was, like, I think the only thing that um, was any ex- any excitement at all was towards the end when they were, like, trying to score their second goal. Sacramento was trying to score their second goal. But um, right when Augie was trying to get that third goal, trying to get the hat trick, that was, like, the most exciting part of the second half, which is, which is like, the 53rd minute or 54th minute. And I mean, I watched it all. I knew the end score, but there was just not a lot to really um, highlight in the second half. And I don't necessarily believe they were parking the bus. I just think um, maybe at that point, um, Sacramento just kind of 
had given in to Loyal's uh, game plan, so to say, at that point. Yeah, San Diego first half, 48% possession. The second half, 49% possession. So it wasn't like they were conceding the, the possession of the ball. Um, Chris, any concern that San Diego gave up 23 shots? No, not necessarily. I mean... I mean, if I were to be comparative against teams like Phoenix, like I think that, you know, teams like those, like they obviously score, they obviously shoot a lot, you know, because that's just, you know, the idea that you, you take a lot of shots and that obviously a few have got to go in, you know, if they're not high efficiency shots most of the time. It's just like, yo, we're taking shots, you know, and um, so I don't really think so. I mean, I guess you could look at it from the vantage point of, okay, well, we don't want you taking any shots on target, you know, or firing off anything close. So we're just going to set the line high and just play offside trap with you. So there's that idea, right? If, if that's what the tactics are, you know, but if it's literally like, yo, come on down, you know, and, you know, we're going to, we're going to engage you like in our half, you know, I mean, you just have to obviously be careful about doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like when you when the team is able to move their whole um, their whole shift into your half, like where their where their defenders are sitting at center center pitch, like okay, it's that's kind of a fucking issue. You know what I mean? That's that's a little crazy. Like you need to definitely like set the line. Yeah, with uh, Nicholas Murray tweeted out that the XG numbers, which single game XG numbers are whatever. Uh, Sac Republic had a 2.81 to San Diego Loyal's 1.18, and Mm -hmm. what I liked what I liked about that from San Diego is just the efficiency that they've been missing. Like we talked about this with the difference between Vegas and Orange County was wasn't the shots they were taking; it was they just weren't getting them on target. And here they had you know significantly less shots than they've had in the past, but nine total shots, four on target, and three go in. Like that's Mm -hmm. ridiculous numbers that we haven't quite seen from San Diego. Uh, those 23 shots for Sacramento, only three on target, nine off target. There were a couple that were close that kind of really mm-hmm. tested uh, Guerrero. But 11 block shots, I think, is uh, it speaks to kind of the defending. Like Josh Yarrow has been, been outstanding. Having Stoney back was really important. Um, but where were the players? What were Where were the players looking for the second balls on those 23 shots is the other thing to think about, too, is – you know, was there someone nearby who was looking for the second ball to put it back in? And these aren't just like one v one shots most of the time. Do you know what I'm saying? These are usually yeah. like for deflections and such. And you know, half of their shots were outside the box, um, so that's something to keep in mind too. Yeah. Some of those really close shots were wide. Uh, Marissa, what did we notice from uh, San Diego's defending um, and the kind of the bend don't break, seemingly this for this game? Yeah, I mean, I wrote in my notes of the match that um, Austin did really well and also um, Stillman. Um, I think he got an early yellow. Uh, I don't remember what minute he got it, but um, always always look for Stillman to be there, to be the force there. But he definitely kept it, uh, let me see, for, where are my notes, the 80th minute. Um, I think he went in hard to, like, defend a ball and that would have made it what three two in the 80th minute which potential you know that's like red flag city or yellow flag city um you know if that would have happened so i'm glad that he kept up the intensity i guess on the defense um to keep them at bay so to say but i mean this is sacramento's last i mean their last loss was in july is what I think they were saying. So it's just pretty cool to see that uh, we were able to keep them there at bay. Yeah, this was a huge game to move San Diego away from uh, Sacramento in the standings. And now essentially mm-hmm. um, you're moving yourself away from, you know, L- Los Dos, Sacramento, Oakland, who has won a, you know, three in a row, three to one each of those games. Uh, this is a really big one to kind of keep that distance uh, so, yeah, even T- Tacoma's coming on. You're even with points in Orange County. Technically, you have the third tie break, uh, which, you know, when we get closer to the, the playoffs, we'll worry more about tie break and who's actually sitting where. 
Uh, but this was a really big one because Sacramento was coming on strong. Uh, they uh, San Diego has not really played that great away from home. So, you know, adding their third win on the road was super huge uh, to kind of keep that point per game streak. Right? We talk about like draw on the road, win at home. Uh, they're kind of keeping that draw on the road. Um, obviously, Orange County is, you know, hands in the hands and shoulders, heads and shoulders above everybody else as far as away points. Uh, but this keeps them in touch with teams like uh, Los Dos and Phoenix Rising. Um, so that's where you want to be is taking a look at who do you have to beat. And if you're beating the five, six, seven and eight seed, you know, more often than you're drawing or losing, that's going to create that gap between you and them in the playoff picture. And so, you know, last week we were fretting this, you know, dropping out of the playoff picture, but now, you know, right back in it. And that's, what's crazy about the Pacific. I know Harry over there in the mountain division is doing the same kind of dance of, you know, everyone's kind of starting to think about the playoffs and things are really tightening it up. And I believe uh, in the comments, he said, you know, September is really going to be that separation point. And I think that's true with a lot of the divisions um, where, you know, you're going to rely on your players to get healthy and start really making, um, making strides in the playoff picture. Um, little, little tidbit as well from Nicholas Murray is uh, Corey Herzog has notched four assists in the month of August, which, ties him for first with one of the uh, player from Tacoma. Uh, so I, I look forward to seeing some more of that kind of play from Corey Herzog. Maybe not the goal scorer that we were, were hoping for, uh, but that playmaker, uh, adding another playmaker into the mix is going to be huge for him, taking some of that pressure off, uh, maybe being a little bit more of a uh, distributor and then kind of a poacher, right? You, you play the ball out to a guy who is going to get that first shot and you're going to be there. Uh, to pounce on the rebound, and Corey Herzog is great at that. We've seen him score. We've seen him get close to scoring. He loves to be in that goal mouth uh, and, and mixing it up. Um, thoughts on the game in general, like good, bad, ugly, indifferent. Put yourself in the, the shoes of a neutral. Uh, Chris, uh, any final thoughts about this match? Well, put in my – nah, it's fine. Put your spot, put yourself in the spot of a neutral. That's funny. When I when I think about Marissa's bands, um, oh man, God. Um, thoughts about the game overall? I mean, Loyal was in a spell of losing some matches. It's not the time to be losing. Um, so for them to have a and that was. I mean, that, that's ultimately good. I mean, they played well. Like, we've been talking about it week to week, like the last few weeks, about their performance in games and about these one-goal losses and such. So, I mean, it, it was just – overall, it was a good match, right? I mean, Sacramento looked like they were they're trying to find some, some things for themselves too, you know. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't have – I don't – overly have a lot of things to say about it because it's like the one match of the set that we've watched so far but maybe this effort just needs to continue and if it does then we'll have more to say about that set of matches you know what i'm saying yeah we see sacramento two more times both in the month of october so they're going to be a huge uh team to keep an eye on um, and two really important games, one on the road, one at home. Uh, Marissa, any final thoughts about this one? I was muted. Um, was it my my question, I think, is how they turn it around for the upcoming match. And if it's, I mean, because we saw like similar play from like a lot of the losses where to the point where we were getting very frustrated in my opinion, I was as a fan because there wasn't anything new. Now you add in Doug Martinez and Augustine Williams. So will those be the turning point? We'll see after, I think, next match. So uh, great first half. Exciting, obviously. Goals. Um, but, you know, with the second half, could they have done more to just really pile it on? Or was it um, more of an even match? We'll see how they uh, apply that to the next match. That's how I. That's how I'm gonna take it. 
Yeah, there's um, uh, as a fan, this was a really exciting game and a really fun one to watch. Uh, it felt good to win. Uh, there's a lot of positive energy. I, I think as a neutral, there's some th- still some things that might worry you a little bit. Uh, Sacramento did have a pretty good run of form there. Um, any of those kind of close shots find their way in. We're talking about a different game, but they mm-hmm. didn't, right? And we've talked about this when San Diego's not scoring. Uh, and th- these are the margins that teams like San Diego, Sacramento, Orange County, uh, maybe not Tacoma because they've been playing particularly well. Uh, Phoenix scores a tons of goals, so maybe not them, but teams like Orange County, San Diego, Sacramento, the, the, the margins are super thin. Uh, and you're, you're right, Marissa, I think reloading and restocking up on uh, the offense is going to take pressure off the defense. Um, unfortunately, they can't um, buy a clean sheet, really. Uh, and I know that's a frustration with, you know, the goalkeepers um, that they can't get a clean sheet. If You know, it's like these moments of we fall asleep or, you know, the ball just tucks its way in between someone's legs. I know that's got to be mm-hmm. frustrating. Uh, but really, you know, you're looking at we have an opportunity with uh, with the game coming up against Los Dos is to just recreate what we did in L.A. against them earlier in August or yeah, earlier in August uh, and, and put up another big three points against a team that's trying to fight their way into a playoff position. And that's where that puts mm-hmm. us is we welcome Los Dos um, in. Head-to-head, you know, San Diego and L.A. have uh, – San Diego's played particularly well against Los Dos. Um, I think it's – what is it? One, two, three wins, a draw, and a loss. Um, and that loss was, you know, July 19th of 2020. So I, I think, you know, this is a good another good team to kind of put down a marker to say, you know, Los Dos, you were a playoff team last year. That's not happening this year. Um and, you know, we, we get to say, look, you gave us, you know, basically guys gave us Augustine Williams and we're going to use him to beat you. Um, Chris, what are we hoping to expect this weekend when we welcome in uh, Los Dos? Mm, well, I mean, I think most people are expecting to get a dub because of this match they just saw um, in Sacramento. Um so I mean I think that's the main the main thing, but I think you're expecting to have more, um, you know, more Augustine Williams, um, more goals. I mean you saw three in the first half under thirty minutes or at thirty minutes thirty two. So I mean you're hoping that you see a little bit more of that creativity happening too. So that's what I would think. Marissa, what are we hoping to see against? What are you hoping to see against Los Dos this weekend? Um, more Corey Herzog, like behind the back, like little flicks to to Augustine. I think he did that in the last match, not specifically. I think he may have done it to. He did it to someone. I don't remember, but it wasn't Augustine because he wasn't on the the club or he wasn't at the club yet. So, um, yeah, that that's creativity to me. <laughs> Um, not expecting that from Corey, but uh, maybe he's done that before. But so that was really nice to see. Um, but yeah, uh, I think with them beating Los Dos twice already this season, and obviously within the last month, um, I I don't expect certain things, but I am expecting a win. So we'll say that. Yeah, like we talked about earlier with Corey Herzog, I like this a little bit more creative, a little bit more um, free-flowing. I, I think sometimes he gets a little bit frustrated when he tries to get the ball and he's not getting the ball and he's not getting the ball. It's like now he's that guy who's going to drop back a little bit further, get the ball, and then be that delivery service uh, for uh, those guys up top. Um, and he's going to have some help uh, this weekend. Now I noticed um, – Apparently, Douglas Martinez, uh, the loan has been approved and announced, but um, I think you have to get cleared by the league in order to play. And so that's why he was out this past week. So um, I would assume that by this Saturday, uh, we will see um, see him lace up his boots. Um, again, not sure if he starts or not. He might get the same kind of Augie Williams treatment that Augie got his first home match. 
where it was kind of the last 20, 30 minutes. Hey, we're going to throw you on. Um, we're going to see what you can do uh, with the team. Um, but Los Dos has been kind of up and down. This is pretty classic Los Dos uh, since the beginning of July. Loss, draw, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. So, um, you know, based on that pattern, I think we um, they're going to play Sacramento and probably lose. So we're going to break that pattern on the fifth. So they're playing a midweek game tomorrow at home against Sacramento. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're going to come in a little bit tired, although they're young. So they'll probably bounce back uh, mm -hmm. to be 19 again. Um, I mean, I'm totally 19 guys as I drink my yes. alcoholic beverage. Um, but I think we've, we've seen what Los Dos can do. You know, they're still a pretty talented team. Um, they're still hanging out right outside of the playoff picture. Um, kind of even with Sacramento Republic. So I would assume that we're going to get a good game from them. Um, and 19 matches, 31 goals scored. I mean, they're kind of right around where we are. So I think it's going to be a pretty even match, a pretty fun match. Uh, but us being home again, I think um, there's going to be a little bit of a, a taste in Loyal's mouth that they want to wash out um, with that loss to Orange County. Uh, and they're going to want to come out and give the fans uh, what they deserve. They spoke out about it. And so I think they're going to going to live up to that. So that's what I'm hoping to see. Um, like I said, Los Dos, a lot of really young kids. Um, and good players, uh, whether that's Jorge Hernandez, who's 20, which is crazy, um, really was a standout performer against uh, Las Vegas Lights um, this past weekend. Uh, had a, I believe he scored a penalty. Uh, he scored a goal against Oakland in their uh, loss to Oakland, who's the only goal scorer, but he's been consistently one of their best performers uh, on the pitch. Um, we were able to shut him down a little bit. I think his worst game in the past month or two was against us when he played at home. But, you know, a, a player like that, a kid like that, they bounce back pretty quick. So I, I would assume uh, Hernandez has a pretty good game. Um, and, you know, their goalkeeper's not bad either, Justin Von Stieg. Uh, so we'll see what Los still shows up with. Um, yeah. We want to go to score predictions? Let's do some score predictions. Chris Walker, what's your score prediction? Well, I've been sitting there consulting with Charlie Tuna for the last 10 minutes. Charlie Tuna says 2-1 San Diego Loyal. And I'm Let's see Charlie inclined, Tuna. And I'm inclined to agree with him. 2-1, right, Charlie? Yeah. 2-1 <laughs> it is. Stoic, that one. Marissa, what do you got for me? I'm going to go with my usual 2-1. Um, I think that the uh, Loyal's ability to keep a clean sheet will continue through this match, and uh, we won't get a clean sheet. So, hey, if I'm wrong, that's a win for us, right? What about you, Alan? Yeah, I think uh, we keep this momentum going. I think we uh, – I'm going to go with a nice 2-0 victory. I think nice. I'm going to put that out there again. We're going to get that clean sheet. I think I might have said 3-1 this past prediction. I should write these things down. Uh, but I'm I'm going to say 2-0, put that out, positive vibes, a nice clean sheet uh, for Austin Guerrero. Uh, maybe uh, Augie, Augie Williams scores his first home goal for Loyal in front of the supporter section to, to put the game away. Uh, you know, maybe he gets a brace again. Um, although to get two braces in a row would be pretty damn impressive. Um, but you know, maybe I think, uh, another to me, another to me home goal and another, and a Augustine Williams goal would be a great way to wind up, uh, this week. Uh, I did want to, um, wrap, uh, wrap up. Uh, let's see if I can find my notes again. They're around here somewhere. Um, USL Tactics put out a tweet breaking down Augie Williams and essentially uh, saying if there is a replacement on Loyal's roster now, uh, it is Augustine Williams. Uh, I would recommend you go check out his Twitter feed if you're not following him already. I know a lot of us around here are uh, USL, uh, USL Tactics. Um, he actually works for Tampa Bay Rowdies, uh, John Morrissey. Uh, put out a nice little note about um, about Augie Williams, about his performance, and his absolutely crazy uh, 
heat map from Saturday. Uh, some stats, he said, um, finishing stats last year, 97th percentile in XG and goal scoring. Um, and his his heat map against Sacramento was essentially some light blue dots around the field, uh, the center circle, and a bright green spot right around the penalty box. Uh, and that's kind of where we want him uh, to live. Uh, there's a couple of clips kind of showing what he's able to do. And one of them uh, includes that beautiful Corey Herzog uh, back heel that um, creates some space to allow Augie Williams in uh, for that goal. Uh, so check it out. John Morrissey, M-O-R-R-I-S-S-E-Y at USL Tactics. Uh, so I have some pretty cool info about Augie Williams uh, and nice. his ability on the team. Uh, so check that one out. Uh, final thoughts. Chris, what are your final thoughts? <laughs> you don't want to ask me that. Um, no, nah, final thoughts. Keep it up, loyal. Keep it up. Those are my thoughts. Those are my thoughts. Deep. Fiery. Sacramento brought the smoke. Chris just brought the fire. Uh, Marissa, what are your final thoughts? Um, I hope that the tide has changed from what happened at the fortress up until last week. Um, and hopefully those pieces that they brought in will, will actually carry us. I think what Harry mentioned us uh, mentioned that he thinks that OC loyal and rising are locks for the playoffs, but um, we're not there yet. In my opinion, I think it could still change, um, but we'll see. Uh, I think also, um, it will be exciting to see, uh, like I said before, Augustine um, just really meshing with with the club. And uh, um, that's my final thought for what the next match. I don't think I'm going to be able to catch it live because it's, it's pretty late here by that time, and I'm usually out before that. So it's girl, hard for me to girl, stay it's, up. It's 3 o'clock on a Sunday. You'll be fine. Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, It'll be 5 o'clock for you on a Sunday. No, I, I won't be able to make it because thanks for reminding me. I'm actually going to be at the World Cup qualifier, USA versus Canada, at Boom. Nissan Stadium. So I will not be able to watch it live. But, um, yeah, I'll be there, and uh, hopefully I'll catch the replay. I yeah, will catch so the replay. Sorry. <laughs> my final thoughts are uh, it's going to be a pretty fun week in the Pacific. Uh, Tacoma plays at home against Phoenix. Uh, to remind you, uh, Tacoma at home uh, is they're really good. Um, so this will be an, an interesting test for Phoenix. Um, Tacoma has yet to lose at home. Uh, Phoenix rising, um, maybe not the best away record. Uh, I think they consider that a little bit of a disappointment for two and three. Uh, some other big games happening around the Pacific. Uh, obviously, we're playing Los Dos uh, after they play Sacramento midweek. Um, and ooh, and Orange County is uh oh, Orange County <laughs> is taking on El Paso Locomotive Friday night at 7 p.m. in Orange County. Uh, so that's going to be a really big match to see kind of how Orange County stacks up against a potential playoff match, uh, a matchup. Uh, currently, uh, in Orange the Mountain County. Division, uh, El Paso is in first place. 19 point or 41 points on 19 games. Orange County is in second, secondly, third place. Uh, but obviously Tacoma can hop over both of them. So this could potentially be if Orange County winds up in the fourth spot, this could potentially be a playoff matchup. Uh, obviously they play in El Paso, uh, but uh, Friday night at 7 PM uh, is a really big one uh, to take a look at. So there's going to be some pretty fun matchups this weekend uh, featuring Pacific teams. Oakland travels to Tampa Bay. Um, that's on Saturday, I believe. Uh, so lots of stuff to keep an eye on this weekend. Uh, if you won't watch them, I probably will. Uh, so we can fill you in on all the happenings in the Pacific uh, next week. But there's some pretty fun matchups out there. Uh, so check it out. Um, yeah. And uh, I had a blast at Bluefoot. I uh, got a chance to uh, pick Jordan Caruth's brain. 
talk to him about his uh his broadcasting exploits and um yeah so hopefully you guys had fun at your watch parties um yeah and marissa where can we find you on the internet you can find me at hashtag marissa on instagram and twitter where can we find you chris you could find me fighting gatekeepers of who you could be a fan of on twitter at by chris walker and on instagram yes. when i'm exhausting them um at by chris walker as well nice. and, and you ellen yeah as always you can find me a underwood 48 on the twitter machines uh hit me up if you have questions i know people have been sliding into my dms and and asking me about what i know i will tell you what i know but sometimes i don't know a lot because uh let me get those you know, digits so i can find out I, what you know I am back at work again, so I am not going to practice as often as I used to. So, um, yeah. So hopefully I get a chance to check out some training eventually. But I think with USD starting, they're not doing those Friday nights anymore. But if you have some questions, I'll try to drop them in an interview after the matches on Saturday um, to try and find out some info for you guys. Uh, As always, thank you for hopping in on the comment section uh, or uh, following, retweeting all of those shenanigans. and we will see you guys, well, we'll see some of you guys out there on Sunday. And if not, we'll see you all over the internet. So thank you guys very much for stopping by. And bye. Okay, we're out. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie-cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday League squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.